Welcome to our first episode as a member of the Fans First Sports Network for both the blog and the podcast. This is the Cotton Club crew. First, I want to say a big thank you to the Fans First guys for being able to take on the blog. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about those changes we've talked about on the Twitter. There will be information coming out about where to find our new pages and so on. But this podcast will continue to publish as schedule. We've been working with these guys for a while now, and they're, they're great partners. And we're really excited to be able to move the blog to folks who are who are more willing to help us out on the growth side and are really more passionate about what we do. Um, these guys are really just fans. They were Pittsburgh fan, Steelers fans who wanted, you know, after some changes were made by SBN, they wanted a home for their podcast and they built one and they took in a lot of people. So really excited to work with them. But on the podcast site, business as usual, baby. Other than this is our first foray into using StreamYard. So, you know, already some changes with the new network. Um, you're going to see us doing all kinds of things new, with the podcast as we get closer to the season. As a reminder, this is the offensive preview. Last week was defense. Going forward, we're going to have schedule breakdowns and a special interview with some experts on Wyoming. We went out and found the guy who we think can really provide some great context on that game. All that will be coming up. And then we're going to do some new things this year that we're, we're starting to develop and be pretty excited about. We've got potentially a live preview show coming up. We've got a lot of new content. FSN is moving more into um, producing more NCA content. So there's a lot of great things coming down the line, but let's focus on the offense first. Last year, the offense took a step forward. And I think the obvious answer why was just making a change at coordinator and um, being able to build around that though. Sunday Cumbie did a great job in his one year. You know, I, I still think that for all the great things Sunny Cumbie did, I like the offense that's been installed by coach Kitley a bit better. Granted, we've talked about this all over, up and down last year and in some of our preview articles, if you saw our roundtable. There was moments he looked inexperienced. There are things I don't like. But overall, I thought the offense started to to look more like tech offenses we expect to look. And with this year, with hopefully, hopefully for the love of all that is holy, a healthy quarterback, we should see some really explosive play, a lot of studs. The receiving course is going to be older. Offensive line looks to take a step forward. Shuck looks to take his final season and really burst himself onto the draft scene. It, it, it should be a great year for this offense to pair off at the always improving defense, and this, this should be an exciting season. Now we're going to start in the backfield because this, there's a lot of change in the backfield. You lost to Roger Thompson and, um, you know, Taj Brooks will be asked to carry that load, not alone, but he will be for the first time really in his career. And the first time in a while at Texas Tech, he pretty much is what we expect a feature back to be in terms of touches. Um, we will see, of course, all sorts of other backs. We're going to get to that in a minute, but he's going to be. I think the big name in that backfield for the first time in a long time, really since maybe 2017, maybe even earlier, there is a back who that's the guy that's going to be your workhorse. Um, so let's talk, let's start with that. Let's talk with Taj Brooks. Joe, I did some research on this and, you know, there haven't been a lot of thousand yard rushers in the air raid, but the last time tech had a running back break 800 yards in the season was Deandre Washington, who broke 1400. The closest was 797 a couple seasons later. Most of the backs haven't broken 700, and there have been quite a few years in which the the output by an individual back has been atrocious. In fact, Jet Duffy was the leading rusher one year with, I believe, somewhere in like the 390 range in total yards. All of this speaks to both the systems that have been employed, the by-committee approaches that we've had, but Taj Brooks, I, I think both in this because of the system we have now 
And because of the fact he is going to get the majority of touches, he could end the streak and set a thousand yard mark himself. Joe, you've got, you're going to talk us through these running backs. Let's start there. Is it, how likely is it that he can get it done and, and be that, that feature back at Texas tech thousand yard rusher, the, you know, four or five yard to carry every touch kind of guy with what, you know, um, me personally, I believe that it's going to, that, that streak's going to end this year. I think, um, as you alluded to Deandre Washington's 1400 yard season in 2015. And, you know, that's, that's a pretty tough ask for Taj Brooks and given all the talent around our offensive side of the ball, you know, it's going to be kind of hard to get to that, but I do think a thousand yards rushing this year is definitely within reach. You have, and we'll also get into this here on our offenses preview, but our offensive line, we have some huge guys, all 300 plus, all of them with a lot, a lot of game experience. And, you know, year two of Zach Kitley's offense, you know, what what things are we going to be able to run? What weapons, our weapons outside are going to be able to do for our backfield and the play calling, a healthy shuck, you know, RPOs, you know, different things and schematically that Tech could do this year to help Tosh Brooks. And, I mean, I don't believe he really needs a whole lot of help. I mean, he's his – his production over the last two years has just steadily increased. I mean, 2021, 580, 2022, 720. I mean, those numbers just steadily go up. So, I mean, his, he's, he's more comfortable, comfortable in our offense. He's older. So he's been around the big 12. He knows how to take care of his body. He knows how to do this, that, and the other, like he's, he's gone through the steps, like, you know, say Sir Roger did. You know, Sir Roderick came in, not a highly touted recruit, but he just worked the system, started off slow, and then he just progressively turned into the back that he was. Similar with Brooks, you know, he had to wait his turn, and now is his his time. So I could say confidently right now with what I feel that we have on the offensive line currently, um, the experience Taj Brooks has himself, and year two of Zach Kitley's offense, I could definitely see. I'm, I mean, this is all being recorded, so I'm betting. I'm taking this bet all all night long. I'm taking Taj Brooks, eleven hundred yards and twelve TDs this year. Now let's let's dig in because he's not going to get every touch. That's one, just not really that feasible in college football. I mean, even Bijan Robinson last year for Texas, who was the definition of a true feature stud star, one of the better running backs in college football history, still shared touches. He had a great back and support for himself. Who are the guys who are going to be helping Taj Brooks carry this load this year? Who are the names tech fans should know when they come into spell? Um, who are the guys who might be more specialized backs? What are we looking at in terms of the total strength of this, of this running back group? You know, other than, Taj Brooks and Cam Valdez. I mean, Bryson Donald's actually got some cut touches as well, but I mean, it's a fairly, fairly um, young, young backfield, you know, minus, um, minus Taj Brooks, because you have, you have Cam Valdez, sophomore, and then you got a couple of true freshmen back there, and Anquan Willis, and I believe the gentleman name is Jamari Davis that are back there, which are are studs in their own right. And those guys are going to be beasts, you know, down, down the road. And, you know, I guess, you know, if injury comes up to happen or something like that. You know, I believe that those guys are more than capable to come in and, you know, contribute. 
But I would say it's going to be Taj Brooks' shoulder run. Cam Valdez is going to back him up. And then Bryson Donnell is going to be their third. And then within the weight, you know, Anquan Willis and Jamari Davis. Um, Cam Valdez brings a different kind of running set than Taj does. Taj is a between-the-tackle guys. He, he could get to the outside and, you know, make people miss. Um, you have Cam Valdez as, you know, your, your home run hitter, per se. I mean, he'll run between the tackles. He'll get on the edge, and then, you know, he's got some flat speed. And then Bryson Donnell is going to be the combination of your Taj Brooks and your Cam Valdez. He's fast. He's, you know, stout. He sits at 5'10", 220, so like a, a prototypical kind of running back that could do the, the in-between stuff and could go outside. And I would think that this year moving forward, we're going to see a whole lot of those three gentlemen's names barring, you know, some major kind of injury. But I believe Davis and Willis will probably redshirt this year. They'll get some playing time as they can to to keep their red shirt. But, you know, those names are going to be names for the future to watch for sure. That Willis kid's going to be something special, and so is Davis. I've seen those, these guys in practice. They fly around, and, I mean, they've picked up well in the system. They were on, on campus early. So those are get, n- names for the future. But I believe that it's going to be Brooks, Valdez, Donnell going to be one, two, and three in the backfield for Tech this 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 season. Jack, I want to go to you next on another position group, the wideouts. And we're also going to rope tight ends into this discussion as well in a minute. But let's start with talking about the wideout group. Um, last year, there it's I I was not as low on the receivers as I think some people were last year and I don't mean that in the sense that people were like oh there's no talent here I think most people saw a group that was very young very inexperienced and really struggled to to make a name for itself Uh, but there were flashes of guys who I think we're now expecting this year to really explode onto the scene let's start there let's highlight the guys that you think are going to be the featured wide receivers, you know, it's not like running backs. Every uh, the wide receiving group is going to get touches all across the board. But who are the guys to replace guys like you know, as a comma who can start filling that mold? Is your true you throw it up there and he's going to come down with it, guy? Um, your true deep threats, maybe your post targets in the end zone. Um, what are you looking at that said? Who are you looking at out of that group that you really think is ready for that next step? I think there are a couple to be honest with you, and and I really like. Um, the amount of height that this receiving core has. There's a lot of height, um, but there's also a lot of speed too. You're looking at guys that are going to be impact players. Uh, on the outside, I mean, you're going to have people like uh, Jaron Bradley, who's got that big frame, about 6'5", 220. Uh, you know, he's going to be up there getting those high balls. Uh, you also have people like J.J. Sparkman, who's 6'4", 225. I mean, that's a big body out at receiver. When you're lining DBs up that are, you know, 5'11", 195 against, you know, guys like Sparkman and Bradley, it's going to be a terrible day for those for those DBs. Um, you know, you also have guys that can make uh, an impact out there like Loic Fungi. Uh, I think Loic Fungi had a kind of like undervalued year last year. I think he had some really big steps forward in some certain games. Um, and that's not just my Midland bias. Um, but I, I think that he really did have, uh, some good games and took a couple of big steps forward. 
and you can't talk about the receivers without talking about, uh, you know, guys like Miles Price and uh, Xavier White. You know, uh, they're just they are, uh, you know, the quintessential receivers in this in this system. And you know, Miles Price is so versatile. At, you know, at five ten one ninety, he can line up in the slot and he can beat you. He can also line up outside and beat you, um, which is really rare. Uh, I think you get that as well with uh, Xavier White. You know, they're about the same frame, um, and so I think that I think that it's very. I think that it's very rare to have not one but two guys that can really you can plug them in anywhere on the field and, and they can thrive. And, and I truly think that Xavier white and miles price are those guys. Um, some other guys that I think might take some steps forward this year. Uh, I'm looking for a big year from Nehemiah Martinez, uh, Lubbock Cooper guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit on the slot. So you're going to see him kind of in the slot as well, but he had a big coming out party last year as well. So, I'm looking for him. I'm also looking, I'm kind of expecting some big things from Brady Boyd this year. You know, we heard a lot about Brady Boyd um, prior to last season from being in the portal uh, from, from, you know, from the big 10 up there. And, and I think that uh, coming back to Texas, you know, he's from, he's from South Lake. And I, I, you know, we heard a lot about the, you know, the playmaking ability, and I just don't know if he if he might have been hurt or if he really didn't get the chance to, you know, prove that on the field. But I think we're going to see a lot of it this year. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about, uh, you know, Jordan Brown. And I've heard a lot of rumblings about Koi Eakin in practice as well so far. So the redshirt freshman from Stephenville, you know. So I've heard that he's been making plays, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a little bit of run this year as well. Um, of course, you can't talk about the guys catching the ball without talking about the tight ends. I truly – I said this last year, and I'll say it again this year because it's the same guys. Um, I truly think Tech has the best tight end – one of the best tight end rooms in the country. Um, you got guys like Mason Tharp, who's only a junior. <laughs> I, I can't even – it's so crazy that I'm reading this off of the off of the chart. Um, Mason Tharp is listed at six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pounds, which is absolutely wild. Um, and then you also have Baylor Cup, who's six six, two sixty, and he's not even the biggest tight end. Um, and then also you can't talk about those guys. You're going to see a lot of run from Henry Teeter. Also, you know Henry Teeter had a lot of run last year in certain styles, certain formations as well. So I, between those three guys, you know, the tech is absolutely stacked at the tight end position. Um, just absolutely massive human beings running around, running routes and catching footballs. So moral of the story is tech is in a really good place. Um, as far as throwing the ball is concerned. Um, I really don't. I think the main, as far as the whole entire office is concerned, you know, my, my biggest thing this year is if Tyler Shuck can stay healthy. I, when he is healthy and when he is at his best, the dude can spin it. And as long as he can spin it, I really have a lot of, you know, 
of promise. I see a lot of promise in these guys, and I feel like they'll be able to, uh, you know, catch the ball and, you know, have a lot of big games. Yeah, I like to I like to tell this story. I had the opportunity to cover Tech when Mason Tharp was there um, on the field against Houston at NRG, and I came down to the field, you know, doing my usual. That's that's a kind of a fun opportunity to get to actually cover a game. Um, and was down on the field pregame, and he came out through the tunnel where I was standing. And look, it's it's hard to explain size of college and NFL players until you're up close to them. Anybody who's ever been to a college life practice, NFL game, anything. Uh, where you stood at their level and you're not looking at them from up above in the stadium, just the sheer mass of, you know, the offensive line or the, the, the height of the receivers becomes so much more apparent. So I was standing at field level, um, walking around on the field pregame for that, for that contest. And Tharp came out with the other tight ends and at a field of really big men, he made them all look kind of small. That is a big boy. And it's always been fun to have a kid like that, a tight end. And I'm really hoping that, um, we get to see a lot more tight end production as it goes on. I mean, me and Jack had conversations about the tight ends a lot last year, um, them getting used more, being more successful because of the tight end passing game. And we're, we're, we're all hoping that that group in particular, I think gets utilized more. Um, uh, my responsibility in today's podcast, before we switch to some other questions, to talk about the quarterbacks, um, quarterback positions already decided. This is, there's no battle. It's Tyler Shuck. Um, this was decided in spring camp. The, the There's a few reasons for why this happened. Most importantly, you're not switching a guy who won his final, what was it, five or six games. And you're not switching a guy who's, I believe, seven and one in his career as a starter. Um, you, you're just, or complete game, excuse me, games he's finished. Um, you're just not going to. He, he's winning football games. He got you ball eligible, and he led you through that Ole Miss game. And he was playing his best football by that Ole Miss game. Do I love everything about Tyler Shuck as a quarterback? No. The injury history alone is enough to make you nervous. Um, I have some. I still continue to have some questions about the true strength of that arm. But well, here's what I do know. He's a great quarterback who has not been healthy enough to show us his best. And during his longest healthy you know, period during Texas Tech, by the end of that, he looked as good as any quarterback in the country. If he steps up and he's even better than that or on that level, Texas Tech's going to win a lot of football games because, you know, what has killed him is he gets healthy, then he gets hurt, and then he's got to rehab, and then he's got to try again. So if he can just prolong that, you know, we started to see, I think, the quarterback he can be against OU and against Ole Miss. Um, that, those were the first few games I think he looked as healthy and as ready to go, and those were the first few games I really felt confident about his arm. And I felt confident about his decisions and his playmaking. Those were the games that, you know, he looked like he looked the part. And if he comes out this offseason, which I'm, I believe he will, and he plays like that, then there are no question marks around this kid anymore. He's no longer a, well, you know, he didn't play so many great teams or blah, blah, blah. None of that. He, if he plays like that against Oregon and or against Wyoming, against Oregon and so on and stays healthy this year, it's going to be a fun year for him, for this team and for his draft stock. Um, because that's why he's back, right? Like the, the other reason this is happening, he doesn't come back if the job wasn't his. That's reality. I'm not questioning the kid's character at all. Guy like Tyler Shuck in the modern era would have transferred if he thought he wasn't going to get this job. This wasn't really ever up for debate to me personally. He would have had to play really bad entitled football in spring to lose that starting job to Baron Morton um, because he, you're just not going to come back to Texas Tech if you don't think you're going to play because he is a guy who's always had NFL first, second, third round aspirations. 
Um, and I think how he has played in his career, his healthiest moments are when he's looked like one of those quarterbacks. And like I said, OU and Ole Miss, I thought he looked 100% confident. He didn't look shaky anymore about his health. He was making great decisions. The ball looked live out of his arm. You know, that we've all seen games where he's thrown balls where it just looks like he was nervous and that fluttery and there's not a lot on it. Uh, against OU and Ole Miss, you started to see less and less of that. You started to see somebody who was decisive, who was confident, and who was taking charge. And I think he's going to answer the rest of the questions we have about him, which are, what is that top-end arm strength? You know, he didn't necessarily have a ton of opportunities against top teams to test that arm, and he's going to get a great opportunity in Week 2 to do that. Um, and I against his former team, a team that didn't run him out per se, but his, the fans pushed him out, right? Like, they, they didn't like him. That's, that's kind of why he leaves Oregon. They didn't like him out there. And so he's got a grudge there, and I think he's going to show put on a show. I think he's going to lead this team to a lot of wins. It's going to be a lot of fun. Which brings us to the second question. What do you do with Baron Morton? Because he's a great quarterback. Um, it is one thing about this to have a great number two, because Tech has had such a bad quarterback history since Mahomes has left. I mean, I, I, I think there's been a season where a guy got benched for a non-injury reason. Um, every other season, I think somebody's been hurt, at least for part of it. So, you know, it's been a long time since we've had a quarterback make it to the end of the season without being banged up. And having a great number two is a luxury that not everybody has. So having a guy like Baron Morton is great, but how do you keep him engaged? What do you have to do to help him stay in the system, keep him ready, and utilize his, his unique talents? Here's the thing. Zach Pitley likes to run quarterbacks. I don't particularly get it with Tyler Shuck. Um, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but he likes to run quarterbacks. He probably won't do it as much this year. I think he's going to open up more of the passing game with this offense in year two, but Baron Morton is faster than Tyler. Shuck. He's a better runner. He's more athletic. That's not really up for debate. So maybe he takes on some of the role that kind of Donovan Smith had. Now, Donovan Smith was your true short yardage quarterback, your belldozer. If you were, um, if you guys remember Blake Beldo, you, but, um, you're not going to do that with Baron Morton, but he is speed options, uh, some some uh, uh, bootleg options, some RPO game that you can do, a couple trick plays. I suspect we will see multiple quarterbacks on the field. My hope with the quarterback situation is that we do not play the quarterback shuffle game when Tyler Shuck is playing well. I hate icing your quarterback by pulling him out for somebody else. I've always hated that. This isn't an indictment of Baron Morton's ability, but I believe if a quarterback is dealing, leave him in the fucking game. So I hope we do that while also respecting the fact that Morton does bring certain tools to the table and we can keep him engaged by utilizing those in select situations. We don't need to overuse it. We don't need to be predictable with it, but he is a great quarterback and he will be your starter after Shuck leaves. I, I don't think and anybody's going to come up underneath him and, and kneecap him. There's great talent coming in underneath him, but I think he's going to hold that spot next year. So you want him to feel like he's still a guy here that you're watching, but you don't need to, you can't baby him. You know, that's reality. He's going to leave if he's going to leave. You can't call plays to keep him in the program. And I hope Tech – Tech has done a great job managing its players. I don't think they're going to fall for this trap, but you see programs do it all the time. They give guys minutes that they don't necessarily need to give them because they're just trying to keep them in the program. You can't do that anymore. It's it's just not how the game's played. So use Baron Morton's talents when it's applicable. Don't overuse it. Let Tyler Shuck be the guy. There needs to be one quarterback at Texas Tech, and his name is Tyler Shuck, until, God forbid, he either really, really struggles or he gets hurt. And I don't see um, him struggling this year. I think this offense is going to take a step forward. Jack's talked about the wideouts. Joe's talked about the running backs. This is a really good offense. Um, and it's got an even an, an offensive line. I think Joey McGuire, to quote the other day, where he was kind of uh, – 
joking around with Shuck about how good the offensive line looked and how much time Shuck had to throw the ball. So, you know, I, it, it's an exciting because we can finally start seeing the production we've been used to um, at Texas Tech. From, we got spoiled by, by Mike Leach and Cliff Kingsbury. We got spoiled by that. And that's reality. That's Those were ungodly video game numbers. And then you had uh, um, a couple coordinator, a coordinator come in that just David Yosu just wasn't really up to par. Um, and that, that kind of soured everybody in this offense and Sonny Cumbie trying to get the ship back together, did a good job. And Kitley now looking to pick up and run with that ball. And I think, I think this is the year the offense all comes together, which does bring us to, I kind of asked this question defensively. I'm going to ask it now offensively. It's time to call your shots, guys. You guys have talked about your position groups. Uh, we've talked about the key players. Let's talk about overall. Let's look at the whole picture. Where in the Big 12 does this offense end up in terms of total offense? Where does it rank out? When we get to the year's end, is this a top three offense in the Big 12? Jack, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Without a doubt, yes. I think that this offense, if the O-line has taken the steps forward, um, because there were definitely some some questionable times last year, um, and I think that if you have a healthy Tyler Shuck, I I think – Quite truly, I think that this offense could finish as high as second in the Big 12, um, possibly even first. It, it depends on the kind of effort that's going to come out, out of the 40 acres this year. Um, so I, I truly think that I think that this offense is definitely top three level. I think worst case scenario, um, and that would be two catastrophic injuries, you know, maybe a quarterback injury and a running back injury. Um, you know, I, I think you finish maybe fifth, but uh, I, I truly think that if everything goes to plan and, and you have a healthy Tyler Shuck and uh, no offensive line injuries, you know, kind of keep everyone intact up front, uh, the potential is is really large, looming very large for this uh, for this side of the ball. I'm gonna say yes as well, and the reason why I'm gonna say yes is pretty simple. If you aren't, the expectations I have for this team are gonna fall flat. I think the defense is in a great spot. We talked about this in our preview. I'm very high on them, but there are some question marks on that defense. And there are some depth issues still. Now they've solved a lot of it, but there are, it's not going to be, you know, the Iowa Hawkeye defense, right? You're not going to just shut teams out. You will have to score points. And in this league with the offenses that are present, the coordinators and how it plays, you do have to score a good deal of points. It's not the old big 12 where you need 45, but you got to be able to break 30 to really feel good about your chances every week. And, you know, I think this offense can do it and I'm pretty confident they will. You know, I feel this offense, I feel like, is going to remind everybody what Texas Tech used to mean when it stepped on the field. It's been a few years since we've had a truly stout offense. There's been issues with injuries and the offensive line play and, and coordinators and all this stuff that has clouded kind of the mythos of the air raid team. Zach Kentley doesn't run the pure air raid. Nobody really does anymore. Um, you know, RIP to Mike Leach, but his was the, and Kingsbury's was the closest to his system we saw. Um, but Kitley runs a wide open offense. And I think this is the year we see it come together. You know, I was not the biggest fan of some of the stuff Kitley did last year. That's well known. Um, I thought 
like everything I want to see with a new staff. He coached his best games. The team played their best games as the year was coming to an end against OU and Ole Miss. And that's what I want to see from a coordinator. And I think he builds off that momentum, just like Tyler Shuck, just like the entire team does and has a great year as an offensive coordinator. I think we see a guy who is more prepared, is more ready, more able to adjust because that 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 all folds into this. We didn't talk much about the coordinator, but the inexperience was apparent last year at times. And there were some not great moments for this offense. But I think that by the air, end of the year, we saw a guy who it no longer looked like he was the young kid trying to fill a job. It looked like a guy who was in command, who was able to adjust to what veteran defensive coordinators are doing. You know, Brett Venables is a tough coordinator um, over at OU. And he came at Tech in an entirely new way in the second half. And we had to respond and adjust. And that was done against Ole Miss. It's experienced staff, a lot of great players on that SEC team in a big bowl game, a lot of pressure from the fans to get that done, adjusted and made the most of it. So I think he's calling his best games. I think he continues doing that. I think Shuck continues to answer the question marks that are around him and really assert himself as the guy. Jack talked about the receivers and I think he's right. Take a step forward. Joe's talked about the running backs. I think this is Taj Bookshire year to shine and the offensive line. It looks like it's taking that step forward. So barring some sort of catastrophic series of industry injuries, this should be a number, the number one or number two offense in the big 12. I think that they are that good. The potential is there. And for the predictions that I hope to have come true, they have to be. So I'm really hedging my bets and just going all in on the Homer and saying that they do it. Um, Joe, I'm going to go to you, but I'm changing the question just a little bit since Jack and I talked one way. What's the floor for this offense? Let's say no injuries or no major injuries occur. You know, there's there's no – Shuck doesn't blow out a knee. You know, we don't lose both quarterbacks. There's no major offensive line injuries. It's a normal football season. Knock on wood is what we get. Um, what's the floor, absolute floor, you could see this offense doing? Uh, I mean, if, if all those cards fall into place, I mean, there's – there's no, there's no floor. There's no ceiling. I mean, this is arguably probably one of the better offenses in the, in the nation. You have five guys on the offensive line who have been in college and played meaningful games four years or more. Monroe Mills, four years. Cole Spencer has been in college for seven years. Rusty Stats has been in college for six years. Dennis Wilburn, six years. Caleb Rogers, four they're all really, really big and experienced guys, and that's what you want to anchor an offensive line. You know, if you don't, if Shuck has time, time to pass, you know what's going to happen. It's just going to be Manning in his prime. He just okay. I'm just going to pick you off one by one by one. You know, pick your poison because we have we have playmakers all across that field. Um, I I don't think. You know, barring anything, like you said, if anything catastrophic, there's not there's not nothing holding this team back. The offensive side of the ball, like I said, if we stay clean, Chuck stays upright. We all know what he does whenever he plays well. I mean, his record speaks for itself. Everything that he does, I mean, is is great. I mean, I, I don't want to put this on them right now, but I mean, if that happens, I mean, we could be easily playing for a Big 12 championship. 100%. Because we're we're going to put points up. That team fifty burger or that fifty burger shirt, Zach Kitley wears, he's just gonna to have to get that that logo tattooed on his chest because that's how often it's gonna happen. Just because, you know, we have that kind of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we have depth in the receiving corps. I mean, we have guys that could just flat out play ball. 
Um, as Jack was saying about our tight ends, those are just matchup nightmares. Six nine, six six, six four. I mean, who's going to cover that? Then you have your two outside receivers, six four plus. And so you're you're telling me at any given time we have three or four guys out there that are six four plus on a five nine six foot defender. I mean, now you're kind of screwed in on the defensive side of the ball for opposing teams because now what if we do is run the ball? Now we got these big wide receivers on these smaller cornerbacks and safeties blocking downfield. I mean, this is just going to open everything up for us. I just, like I said, I, I believe if we stay clean, Shuck stays upright, this line plays as good as it, it's, it's capable of doing, size limit. You know, all bets are off kind of deal. This could be, you know, one of those tech teams of the past where we're not just total offense. You know, this is just, this is our, this is our stuff. This is where we're at. You see Texas Tech up there in pretty much every offensive statistical category, you know, with maybe some concessions to the running game because that just hasn't been our, our game. But I mean, with that kind of offensive line and us staying that healthy, you know, I could see something like that happening, and I could see us making a run, you know, a late run, uh, maybe a New Year's Six game. Yeah, I've been. I we're we're obviously very high on this year as a podcast, and I I think could it all come together for the the kind of run that we've been dreaming of for years? And I think if it's gonna happen, you know, with you know, Joey McGuire, this year is as good of a year as any to do it. Now, I think he's got a lot of talent coming in. I'm not saying this is a, this is not do or die to see Tech win a Big 12 title, but if you're going to do it, now is the year you want to do it the most. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are heading out the door. Um, the league is changing drastically in the coming seasons. This is the year I think if you do it, you'll feel the most pride about having done it. So I really think that if it's all going to come together, I'd love for it to be now. And I think the team's there to do it. And offensively it's, it's an exciting time, you know, and just be praying that there are no injuries of, 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 you know, season ending variety. People get banged up in football, but no ACL, MCL tears, no broken bones, no ruptured lungs, collapsed lungs. None of the crap we've been dealing with for so long that has hamstrung these offenses. Um, you know, Zach Kiltley, um, showed some ex- inexperience at the time, but the reality is, is that not having a really healthy team killed him from being able to really show off everything he wanted to. And when they got healthy towards the end of the year, that's when we saw how fun this offense can be. And that's what I think is going to build on as long as they stay healthy. That's the key. That's the big key. And that's something you can't really control for, which is the scary part. This is going to be a really fun year. So like I said, we've got great episodes coming up. Um, we're going to be talking about the season, looking at the different uh, games, the major games, circling some of the marquee ones on the schedule, coming up with some predictions about how Tech does, looking at the Big 12 overall. We do have an interview coming up with a gentleman from Wy- who's very knowledgeable about Wyoming. We'll announce more details about that as we get a bit closer. Um, and, you know, we're not far out from the season, guys. We're recording this on the 15th. On the September 2nd, we're playing football. And that's, I mean, it feels like, forever away because that's we're in that point of the off season, but we're right there. We're right on the goal line. We're about to start up again. And it's a really exciting time for tech football. And it's a great time for us to be a member of the fans first sports network. So we're really excited and we're going to have a lot of fun ideas for you guys this year. Um, if you, as always like scribe, follow whatever on whatever major podcast platform you enjoy, we'll be releasing some details about how the blog is going to be publishing episodes where you can read our articles as we get that going. Um, you can always DM us both 
uh, Twitter accounts now have pretty much the same name. So really, it's the same group of guys. Shoot us a note. If you got a comment, something you want us to talk about, something you think we find interesting, or even just some criticism, what things you think we did wrong. It's okay. You know, we're always here. You can always leave a comment. You can do whatever you want to do to let us know what you think. This podcast is largely unplanned. So, you know, if you got something that you want, shoot us a note. And if I see it, I'll probably drop it on the guy's bit show without telling them. So um, have a great rest of your week. This episode will probably come out as a, on a Thursday. So great weekend ahead. And, you know, really enjoy what could be one of the more fun, balanced tech teams led by a very dynamic offense. So reckon guys, enjoy the show.